for something. Father God, I just thank you for the family of God, that there is so much power in being a part of a community that that really stands around and lifts one another's arms up. And so, God, we just want to take a moment to do that today. And, Lord, I want to speak directly to people who are at home, Lord, maybe viewing online, a part of our community that are going through something, whether it's just a physical ailment, a cold, or maybe even COVID. Father, we pray for healing. I thank you that you are our healer, Jehovah Rapha, Jesus. And, Lord, where two or three are gathered in your name, there is power as we pray and agree upon one thing. And so, Father, we ask for that. Jesus, we thank you that you um, have done and are doing miracles in our midst. Lord, we've seen it with our own eyes. Lord, you're still moving. And so we just give you praise for that. And we ask for wholeness and health in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. So I have a quick couple of announcements. And then we have a special guest that we get to introduce. And then we're going to watch a video that's going to be super fun. And then I'm going to land the plane with a short message kind of all wrapped around this is our story. We've been in three weeks of this is your story, and you've heard individual stories, and you're going to hear another one today. But it's going to culminate in this is our story, because you have an individual story, but when you're a part of a family, your story merges with another story, which merges with another story, and it becomes a beautiful our story. And that's kind of how we're ending the series. But before we get there, we have two quick announcements. One is... We have a Christmas toy giveaway coming soon. And uh, the, the toys are piling up in the back. Thank you, thank you for those who are continuing to give. Just as a reminder, we're inviting all of you on December 18th, anyone that's in town and breathing, we need you. And so uh, really it's simple. Just show up at 10 o'clock right here in this parking lot on Saturday the 18th. If you have a Heart of Compassion shirt, wear it. If you don't, wear a different shirt. We still, we still love you. And we need you. Um, and just wear a shirt. So, um, and, and, and we're going to be feeding people. We're going to have a great celebration. We're going to give away toys, giveaways. It's going to be awesome. And uh, it's really cool, actually, next um, Sunday for our last youth night of the year before we take a break. I haven't actually told the youth team yet this, but this was Derek and I's genius plan. Uh, at least I think it's genius. I mean, he and I came up with it. Come on. Um, we're going to meet at, we're going to meet at Walmart. We're going to encourage the kids to bring cash, whatever they would like to donate. Cause we've been kind of seeding the idea of being generous for the kids. So we're going to meet at Walmart. We're going to, we're going to have a, a golf, a, a cart and we're, you know, going to give some money to each group and then whatever money they're bringing, we're just going to make our way through the aisles and buy to- more toys for, for us to give away. And then we're going to meet at Tony Pepperoni and have a pizza and, and celebrate. So it's going to be cool. The whole church is a part of it. Please come out for that day. The second announcement is our Christmas Eve service. And naturally, that's on Christmas Eve. So that's the 24th. It's a Friday night. Uh, it'll be a one-hour candlelight service right here, 5 to 6, super special. We wanted it to be as early as we can to get you home for your Christmas Eve celebration, but not too early that if those do have to work, they can be here. So hope that that time frame works for everybody. Bring your friends and family. It's going to be super special um, before we kind of cap off the year. So good? Without further ado, I would like to invite, put a, put a, a big round of applause together for Philip Jordan. Come on. Mm. Love you, dude. Turn me on, buddy. You got to hear my little love you in his ear right there. That was kind of nice. So my name is Philip, and I'm on the council of this beautiful church. And Shane asked me to tell my story today because my story, like your story, is a part of our story for this church. So I'm going to take you guys on a little journey. Ready to go? Yep. Let's do it. 
Uh, so I was born in San Diego in 1978, but I was raised in Mississippi. And that's right, it's Mississippi, not Mississippi, if you're from Mississippi. <laughs> um, and there's a little town outside of Memphis, and my parents were a product of the Jesus movement of the 70s. So they were filled with the Holy Ghost. So we went to church two, three, four times a week. And uh, it, was, it was, you know, dancing, singing, praising the, praising the Lord. It was amazing. Uh, but I went to Catholic school from kindergarten to eighth grade, which means I did mass every Tuesday and Thursday and did religion classes every day. So I was, I was raised to know Jesus. But my dad was raised by two heavy alcoholics. And the only real tools he was given for parenting was scream, cuss, abandon, beat, and repeat. That's all he really had to give. So imagine that little parent cocktail mixed with the discipline of being in the Navy and a real hard hold on to spare the rod, spoil the child. You can just imagine that very deep father wounds at a very young age. And that left me broken, hurting, alone, scared, angry, um, lost pretty much. Um, I felt like I was worthless, valueless, and not wanted at all, which left me thinking I was a mistake, pretty much. Um, and if anyone, I'm sure there's people in this room that have father and mother issues they might be dealing with right now, oddly enough, as I'm saying these words. Um, but when you have those issues, that kind of pain, you come up with some really interesting tactics to get through it. And 95% of those tactics are destructive. And the 5% that aren't destructive, that are constructive, aren't healthy. <laughs> so I'll give you mine. Um, I, my first tactic, which was the constructive but not healthy, was my resume. I went out and said, I'm going to prove to the world and my dad more than anyone else that I'm valuable and I'm worth it. So I built a resume. I was a manufacturing engineer at 18, executive chef at 25, owned my own web consulting company at 30. My resume showed to the world what I, what I wasn't inside of myself, right? Because inside, I, was, I hated myself. But my resume didn't say that. So that didn't work. So then I moved on to the more destructive stuff. Um, when I wanted love and acceptance, I did not go to my family. I went to women and I went to friends. Did not work. Short-term gains, long-term losses. Um, and then last but not least, like most people that are in that kind of pain, you want to escape it as often as you possibly can. And so I did that through drugs. So let's fast forward to 2014. 2014, how you find me is, I'm, packing two, I'm, I'm smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. Um, I've been hiding a 10 plus year meth, like heavy meth habit that I was hiding from everyone that I loved. Um, I'm cheating on my wife. I'm working with my dad and for my dad, and I'm scraping, cleaning, and painting rod iron fences eight hours every day. My wife had just dropped me off at the front door of my house, my parents' house, saying, we're done, we're getting a divorce. And I'm on the edge of the of, of Via Rancho Parkway, about a quarter mile from LR Green Elementary, and I am there knowing I have ruined everything. I've lost everything, I'm worthless, and I've proven what I believe in the inside on the outside, and I was there to jump in front of a car in, in my life. Wait, now the good stuff. That's my story. Now it's time for his story. Ready? <laughs> it's awesome. So um, I'd love to tell you that God snapped his fingers and it all went away. 15 years of pain and misery and heartache, but that's not how he works most of the time. Um, but that does not lower the amazingness of the gift. That It's still a miracle, no matter how you look at it. Um, God in that, it took two years for Amy and I to get through this. 
Um, it was uh, God saved our marriage. God got me clean. Um, God brought me back to church, and I started going to this church called the Father's House in San Marcos. And God had me immediately start serving the church. So I'm doing setup and teardown and doing audio and video. And I met a lot of the people in this room right now at that church. Um, and then God started bringing Amy to church, it was, which we had never really done. We've been together 20 years. We never really did church much before that, unless it was a holiday with her family. Um, and it was crazy. And so we're doing church together. And now we're doing a life group. And I've told you guys before, if you heard it, this church was planted out of a life group. It was birthed out of a life group. Um, so we're, we're going into the life group world. We did two sessions with you guys at the Goodman's house. It was fantastic. I love you guys both so much. So good to see you here. Um, it was miraculous. And those people in that room were praying for Amy and I. And they were praying that Amy's womb would open up and we'd have a baby. You were one of those prayer people you were. And they didn't know anything about our story at the time. They had no idea what we'd gone through. Amy and I were just stoked to be together. The fact that we were still married was an absolute miracle. So we had not even thought about children in any way, shape, or form. But what they're, that what they're praying into to be birthed was true, but it wasn't just the birth of our children who did come, which was a blessing all to itself, God's promise to us, but also the birth of a church. So out of that space, out of that house, um, the Lord really put something into uh, these two's lives to plant a church, specifically in Escondido. And so five families planted that church at the Goodman's home in Escondido, and it was amazing. Almost a year we spent in that church just praising the Lord and singing and dancing. It was awesome. We were rocking that house on Sunday nights. It was fantastic. Um, and then God, then God kind of, we wanted to step out and really plant the church literally out in the world so Escondido could come and join us. We did a couple meetings at the Girl Scout facility in, uh, in the park, in Carson Park, right? And then we ended up planting ourselves on Easter of 2018 or 19. I don't know, time flies when you're serving Jesus. 19, there you go. So <laughs> we're there, we plant the church on Easter, and that's where people start coming. The Gomez's join, and the Ochoa's, and you come a little bit before that. Ed, you were here the whole time. Derek, you were in the house back in the day. Amber and Eric start coming. It was just, he starts adding to his family. Wallace's came and just joined the love. It was amazing. I mean, God's been so good to us. Um, and there I was at LR Green, literally a quarter mile from where God picked me up off the ground, about to jump in front of a car. I mean, whose story is that? That's only he can do that. No one else can. It was amazing. So um, then he's put us in this place. The place we're standing right now, he put us in. We were only in LR Green for like six months. Most new churches work their tushes off to try and get out of a school. They stay there for a decade. Our last church we were at, we were there for a decade in the school. But God blessed us and put us in our own place to have our own space, to have a ministry center to really touch the hearts and lives of Escondido. It doesn't get better than that. It's about as good as it gets. So praise God for that story. But I want to say two more things. We have a video that I know Shane and Eric and Amber work really hard on creating to show you the last three or four years of this church and kind of participate in it. Um, but I have two things to say before you go. I'm sure there's someone in this room, maybe watching online, that knows the pain I'm talking about and is, has this garbage story in their head about themselves or their situation right now. And I'm telling you, God sees you. God knows you. He loves you. He wants you. He adores you. You bring him nothing but joy, even when you are on the worst on the floor, part of yourself. So know that there is no place you're not reachable by him. He's there all the time. So don't ever give up. No matter how bad it looks, how it looks like he's never coming back from whatever that is, or she's never coming back from whatever that is, or I'm not coming back. Whatever that story in your life is right now, toss it. Because Jesus has got a different story for you, I promise. It's miraculous. 
And last but not least, I want to say thank you from the Jordan family. Uh, we are so privileged and blessed to be a part of this church. And to be members of this church with you makes my heart swell. So I love you guys. Let's watch a video. Build your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground. 
cool. What a story. What a story. And you are all part of that. Whatever, wherever you came to be a part of that journey, whether you've been here one week, ten weeks, or from the beginning, um, it's just cool when we can take a step back outside of our own personal journey. How many know it's easy to get tunnel vision and just everything that's going on in your life? And I love the story of God because he constantly challenges us to take, take a step back and see we are a part of something bigger. And that's, that's, the, that's the engine of your soul that craves, I want to be a part of something. Every one of us were created for that. And what we were designed to be a part of is the story of God. But when we don't find that or we don't see that, that's when we start seeking other ways of feeling valued and meaning like you mentioned. But what I love about this is that you are all a part of this and invited to be a part of this journey. And I don't mean heart church, but I mean the story of God and being a part of a body, a community, whether it's ours or another. But the body of Christ is beautiful in that way. And so I want to take us a little bit on a journey, and it's going to be a short message today, but it really is the heartbeat of what we're about here, our story. And I want to take you to a passage of scripture out of Ezekiel, verse 37, and it's really the only passage that we're going to read today. It was a huge part of my life 15 years ago when I came, and many of you um, may not know this about me, but I came to a crossroads in my life 15 years ago where I was questioning whether or not this was really for me, this, this full-time call of ministry, it was a really difficult season for us in Washington, and it was just like, I don't know, man, um, midlife crisis, if you will, <laughs> in my 30s of, am I really called long-term to this ministry thing, because it's hard. And God gave me this passage of scripture, and I want to read it to you, I want to take you through a journey that God had me on, and it was really the, the birth of this church, and Starts out in verse 1 of Ezekiel chapter 37 says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord and to a valley filled with bones. He led me around among old dry bones that covered the valley floor, and then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I've carried this scripture for 15 years, but it's really more, more of a calling than, than a scripture. And, and I've often been asked, why ministry? Like, why did you choose ministry? And, and, it, and, and typically what follows after is, you know, you can make a lot more money doing something else. <laughs> and, uh, and my response is, um, that might be true, but I get to see dead things come back to life. See, God consistently leads me to the valley of the impossible and asks me the same gut-wrenching, soul-inspiring question. Can these bones live? And I, every time I hear that, I, I, I instantly hear the Lord saying, so what do you think, Shane? Can I do it again? The impossible? And then I, and then I, I hear him take me back to that day 15 years ago where he said to me, you can go do something else. Or you can partner with me and see the impossible. I've been in church my whole life. My parents have 
faithfully taken me to church, and we've had a great, great experience all growing up. Great experience. But in that valley of dry bones, one of the things that I saw was a dead church of religion. And that's not to say that there isn't fantastic churches everywhere, including this city, because there are, and I know a lot of the pastors, and they're incredible people. But unfortunately, there is still a a remnant of the religious church. And in this valley of dry bones, what I saw was that people, men, women, fathers, mothers, and a whole next generation that were settling to know about God, but never experiencing resurrection power. And so God asked me, can these bones live? And I responded the same way that Ezekiel did. Only you know, Lord, because I am powerless to do anything about that. Only you know, Lord. But if you want to do something, I'm in. And so years later after that day, 15 years ago, where I said, okay, Lord, I'm back in. I'm 100% because you're doing something. You want to breathe once again on the earth, and I want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of religion. I don't even necessarily want to be a part of church, but I want to be a part of you moving on the earth. And I believe that you're calling me to that, so let's go. And all these years later, God called us to plant heart church. And it takes us to the next passage in Ezekiel because he keeps going because God not only showed him these valley of dry bones and asked him this question, but we pick up in verse four and five. He says, then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is the sovereign Lord says, look, I am going to breathe into you and make you live again. And so like a man on a bullhorn with a bullhorn on the corner shouting, there's more. (laughs) Come meet this Jesus. He's different than religion. Come meet this Jesus. And that's been our message at Heart Church from the very beginning. Our message and mission is helping people find life in Christ through a revival of the heart. A call to lost prodigals with a message from Heaven. So we plan on breaking down every religious barrier and making room for people to meet this Jesus. And if you've been a part of our church over the last year, you'll know that our theme, our word for the year has been make room. And we made room in this, in this building, and it was so cool to see the video and all the people that have participated in that. We've been making room in our hearts for what God wants to do. But I loved it. at a council meeting a couple of months ago, um, Ed just kind of prophetically said, it's almost like we're breaking down every barrier. And I love that because it's not only physically true, like we broke down an entire wall, but, but spiritually We are breaking down every barrier, like the men up on that roof, tearing through the roof to lower that man down because there was no room, but we're going to make room for people to find this Jesus, the Jesus that's life-giving, the Jesus that's not about behavior modification, but wants to do something transformative on the inside, and he's doing that. And so we continue in this Ezekiel chapter 37 Verse seven, it says, so I spoke this message. Now, it's a very specific message. It's not just any message. We're not just preaching any message, but we're preaching a specific message. And he says, I spoke this message just as he told me. 
Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling all across the valley. The bones of each body came together, attached themselves as they had been before. And how many of you know, in the last three years, we've seen some rattling. We've heard some rattling. Come on, there's been bone upon bone, some lives coming together, some people being reached. Anybody with me? Anybody seen God do anything in the last three years at Heart Church? Like, I just love it. I love watching that video. I got emotional every time I was putting those pictures together. I couldn't believe the pictures that we had and just seeing what God is doing all throughout our church. I mean, those pictures of young people like, man, we, we, we have a youth ministry here every Sunday night that's bigger than the, the first church service in the, in the house. I mean, it's just like seeing young people come together. It's so rad. We've seen some rattling. And then it says this, and the bones of each came together and attached themselves as they had been at first. And I love this because it's from the beginning we've been saying it's a message of reconciliation. And reconciliation is that means that God restores to what it was originally intended. See, Jesus has a beautiful intent for your life. Has had from the beginning when he created you and crafted you in your mother's womb before you had a single thought, he had lots of thoughts about you. And the problem is that we go wayward, like Philip mentioned in his, we all have a story where we went wayward and we come back to God and then we settle for like, if you'll just accept me back, like the prodigal son, if you'll just accept me back and then I'll just be, I'll be a servant and it's fine. Like I understand I've, I've gone wayward and God's saying, no, the message of reconciliation is I'm gonna restore it back to the way that I intended. See, it's not fair you don't deserve it, but that's the message of the cross. He did it so that you can have it. So all of us can come to the table and we can believe for the way that God intended our lives to be despite the fact that we've screwed it up. Hello. Hello. That's the message. That's the message is that God has incredible things for you. And it starts with a rattling. It starts with a God's moving in my life. And then he starts to allow us to believe again that he's got awesome stuff for us, that you didn't screw it up, that you couldn't screw it up because his cross covers it as long as we come to him and we give it to him. And so Ezekiel continues in this story. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse nine says this, then he said to me, speak to the winds and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, O breath. Turn to your neighbor and say, come, O breath. From the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they might live. Please don't miss this. We need the breath. Please don't settle for good Christian teaching, good Christian behavior. It must have been amazing for Ezekiel to watch. He's out there and God's showing him this valley of dry bones. And all of a sudden, there's a rattling. And there's bones that start moving. And they start joining together. And all of a sudden, there's a skeleton. And then there's, then there's the ligaments and the tendons and that are coming together. And then all of a sudden, there's flesh. And before his very eyes, there's like bodies that have come together. Whoa! And I can just imagine him going, wow, that was super cool. I mean, God, if you don't do anything else, like, wow, I, was exper I just experienced a crazy miracle. 
God's saying like, Ezekiel, I understand how cool that is, but that's not it. We're not done. So don't stop there. And this is where I feel like at church, we kind of come all the way up to like, God, you've done some cool stuff. And so now we're going to just kind of start going through the motions. We go to church, we check off the boxes, and all of a sudden we've fallen into this routine. And God's saying, no, it's the breath. It's my spirit that blows on you, that breathes into you, and that brings you back to life. It's the resurrection power. It's the new life that I'm doing every single day. It's my spirit. And so he says there's more. It's life in the breath. It's supernatural, miracle-working spirit of God. And this is what Heart Church contends for every day is that, yeah, we have a cool building and yeah, we're packing it out and we do cool stuff and we have events and we give toys away and we have a youth ministry, but it's all for naught if we're not encountering the Lord, experiencing him, coming and believing like, God, you're alive and you're still transforming my heart. I'm becoming more and more like you, and we're still reaching out to people and seeing miracles take place. This is the moving and living body of Christ that's never stagnant, that's always growing, that's always morphing, because he is not done. He is not done. Amen. And this is what our church is about. That's right. And so God said, breathe on these. And this whole thing ends. I love how this thing ends because Ezekiel, he doesn't stop. In verse 10, it says, So I spoke this message as he commanded me, and breath entered their bodies. God did something that only God can do. Only God can do. I don't know if you've ever came to that place. I do all the time with our kids. Like, I am powerless to do something inside their heart that would awaken to the Lord. Any parents in the room? Powerless. I can put them on restriction. I can drag them to church. I can preach an awesome message. But I am powerless for anything of significance to take place. And so he spoke this message as he was commanded and breath entered the bodies and they became, began to breathe. They all came to life. And, and I love this. Don't miss this. And they stood on their feet, a great army. What I love about how this whole thing ends is that the dry bones aren't just raised to life. It says that the dry bones were let, raised to life and then they became an army. Just, became, just because you got knocked down doesn't mean you have to stay down. I love Philip's story. I love the other stories that we've heard. What I love about how this story ends is it's like God saying to Ezekiel, like, listen, yeah, the bodies are going to be raised, and yeah, I'm going to do an incredible thing, but it's not enough that they're just back to living. I want to make them an army. Every member a minister. And no matter where you are on your story, you may be starting like, man, we're just barely putting stuff together around the emergency table. Or maybe you're a little bit through that, but eventually God is calling each of us to be a part of an army to go out into another dry bones valley and speak life into them because we were, in the, we were dry bones at one point. But how many know we ain't in that valley anymore? 
Come on, I got life in me, and God's calling us to be raised up. And I just started recently playing um, fantasy football with my, uh, with my family. And uh, in fact, as soon as I'm done here, I'm going to be checking my fantasy football because it's important. It's a big deal. I mean, next to church, it's fantasy football. And so, uh, and I've kind of been on a little bit of a winning streak. And so, you know, uh, it's important. And um, what I discovered about fantasy football is it's all about injuries. It doesn't matter how, and for those of you who don't know what fantasy football is, it's, it's football, NFL, and, and before the season, you pick players, individual players, and you get like six or seven players, all different positions, and then they have different ways of ranking like, you know, how to get points. So if you score a touchdown, your guy gets points. If he runs along, he gets a long, you know, reception or runs a long way, he gets points. And at the end of the day, you tally up how many points you get and you play against other people. Well, the problem is you can pick awesome players, but if they get injured, they're not playing for you. And so you have like an injured reserve. You have like a bench that you can, but you got to do it all before Sunday. You got to get them like off the injured reserve bench and back in because once the game starts, it's done. Sealed. And so I started with an awesome team, and like half my guys got injured. And so then I started losing, and then I'm like drafting more players. But what I discovered is the really good players, when they come off an injured reserve, you want to put them in. Because when they come off an injured reserve, they've been not, they haven't been playing for two or three weeks. And it doesn't matter what team they're playing against. It doesn't matter what the other players are doing on the field. When the good players get back into the game, they're there to prove themselves that I don't belong on the bench. I am a star player. And when I get back in, I'm going to prove myself. And what I love about this Ezekiel story is that, listen, we all find ourselves on injured reserve. Some of you guys came to Heart Church on injured reserve. And that's okay, because we're a church that's called to people who need help and comfort and, and restoration, and that's what we're about. But I just want to tell you that, like, that's not your final destination. Yeah. Listen, like, there isn't an I, in, in, in uh, fantasy football, there's a red IR, injured reserve. Anytime you see that, it's like, ah, you're killing me. Like, my best player's on injured reserve again. And I just want to say that, like, Though maybe at one point, or maybe even today, you have an IR next to your name. That's not your final destination. Your best days are ahead because God restores all things and he is about to create an army of God. Jesus isn't satisfied with just getting you breathing again. You are a powerhouse with resurrection power inside of you. There are many more dry bones that God is leading us to explore. And we've seen what God's done in the last three years. And I just want to say that it's truly not a one-man or a two-man or a five-man show. This is the family if you haven't heard that message, if you haven't felt that message, then please hear it today that we are a family of God and our heart and passion is to discover the things that God has put in your heart and then to say, come on, how can we resource that? How can we send you in? Some of it's not all going to be preaching from the stage. All of us aren't going to be doing stuff inside these walls. A lot of you are going to be just exploring the avenues and places that God has put you 
And the story he's given you and the platform he's given you to invest in people, speak into them. I heard a buddy told me recently, just like, like he's just been having people come to him recently because of his story. And it's just like, man, God is doing stuff because he's positioning you to be his hands and feet and to call people in dry bones to say, listen, you may be there now. You may be on injured reserve now, but I serve a God. I just met a Jesus. It's not religion. It's not church. God doesn't want your money. He just wants to resurrect your life. He wants to help you understand that he had an incredible intent when he created you. He has a beautiful story for you. It's not too late. It's not too late. He's paid the ultimate price to cover all your mistakes. So come on, who's with me? Let's throw our hands out and say, yeah, whatever you want, God, I'm with you. I'm not here to give up. I'm here to double down. I'm here to double down. Whatever culture says, whatever's happening in in the world, man, I'll tell you what, the church is alive and well in Escondido. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for just the, the way that you've been able to open up our eyes to see what you're doing. And God, we just want to say yes to that. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to breathe new life into us as every day we come to you humbly and say, Jesus, uh, I don't feel like I have a lot to offer, but Lord, if you're doing it, I'm in. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen and amen. Hey, we're gonna go to Tony Pepperoni. Afterwards,